Welcome to The Equality Lens, the podcast dedicated to educating you on equality, diversity and inclusion. Together, we can make a difference in our society. Join host Amrez Khan along with special guests as they share their experiences, discuss their perspectives and thoughts. Please note, comments shared are the thoughts of Amrez and his guests and not that of any organisations they are employed by or associated with. Now, let's get into today's episode. This episode discusses themes around mental health and suicide. If you require support, please contact your GP, the Samaritans on 116-123-24 hours a day, or another service. Hello listeners and welcome to The Equality Lens. I'm so proud to say that we've had so many fabulous guests join us so far on the podcast and the guest today is a former colleague. She's a wonderful, wonderful person and someone who I believe is a fantastic fit for today's episode too. Please give a huge welcome to the amazing, the spectacular Abby Giles. Hi. Hello. I wouldn't say I'm spectacular, but I'm working on it. I think you are. I think you're so worth it, Abby. Oh, thank you. So are you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Honestly, Abby, I know we um, we did work together. Well, we worked in the same organisation and I was meant to meet you and I left. We were working on it, but, you know, yeah. we've uh, since become colleagues in a different workplace. So uh, looking we... forward to that. We have. Do you want to tell our listeners how so? So the pair of us have been chosen to be on the uh, Greater Manchester Combined Authority uh, LGBT Advisory Panel. So looking forward to making a contribution to making uh, Manchester a better place for everyone. Absolutely. It's exciting. And I think that means I've dug myself out of that hole. So I am working with you again. But as I left you before, so there you go. The universe and all that. So first of all, welcome. I've been snooping on your socials, Abby. Oh, God. No, nothing <laughs> bad. <laughs> it's all prep work for today. So I can see that you're a biomedical scientist. Yes, I am. I uh, What that basically means, it's a... Um protected job title so unless you are sort of hold the qualifications and the state registration you are not legally allowed to call yourself one uh, essentially we work in biomedical scientists typically work in hospital path labs and we aid in uh, diagnostic uh, services for patients uh, so it can range from everything to helping to look at tissue biopsies or in my case it's um, looking at blood wow you know I always thought one day, do you know what? I'll be a doctor or I'll be a nurse, but I'm actually petrified of blood. So hats off to you, Abby, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I do my best. You do. So what's, I mean, what's the best part of your job then? Honestly, um, every day is something different. Even if it's just something slightly different, you always see, you know, sort of new challenges and, I love problem solving and that's generally what the job sort of involves and also I've always been a bit kind of I, I didn't know that I always wanted to go and help people in you know sort of do something medical related but I just couldn't stand the idea of um I don't think I have the sort of emotional 
resilience to be able to deal with sort of patients face to face. So I like the fact that I get to contribute meaningfully while kind of working behind the scenes. You're making a difference, like you say, on those people's lives. So you're contributing. And can I just say also thank you for all your hard work during COVID? I I am just one person amongst a fantastic team at uh, Roll Bolton. Let's give them all of them a massive, massive thank you. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to live. So uh, thank you so much on behalf of the world from me today to you. There you go. Thank you. Um, So what I was really keen to find out a bit more about, if that's okay, is perhaps if you could talk me through your experiences and any challenges that you've had to deal with as a trans woman. So, well, where to start with the challenges? There have been many. I mean, I consider myself pretty fortunate and privileged in that um, I don't have to deal with some of the things that some of the trans community face, which um, it's bad enough that there's so much transphobia out there that it's just kind of to start with, uh, just being able to come out as trans is an uphill battle in itself because it seems like um, every day you face things like hostile media and a hostile government that seems determined to scapegoat the community for things we don't even do. And, you know, there's that thing. And also it's just sort of racism is another thing that's kind of widespread in this country and combine that with uh, transphobia and it's it's horrendous i don't feel qualified to speak about the racism in the trans community myself as i've never really experienced it but uh, trans people of color face an even bigger uphill struggle than sort of caucasian trans people that it feels like if you're from the lgbt background and you're from the black asian minority ethnic background you get it twice as bad yeah, I would agree. Um, I Again, like I said, I don't feel qualified to necessarily speak about it at length, but, um, you know, the things that I've heard, um, you know, I need to stand up for my um, LGBT people of colour siblings. If Forgive me if that's not the correct terminology. What I loved about what you said there is around standing up and challenging and I had a session, well, I deliver anti-racist sessions at work at the moment. And one of the things we teach staff about is about challenging and putting yourself in other people's shoes is so, so important. All of this hate around you, and it's no surprise that some of the um, surveys that have been done by bodies like Stonewall and the National LGBT Survey have found that trans people have very poor mental health outcomes and I've been there myself and honestly it was probably some of the worst time of my life in recent years. I haven't even had it as bad as a lot of my trans siblings have. I guess just to say I'm really sorry to hear about those experiences that you've been going through. Working in a mental health trust myself I recognize that the LGBT community is one of the communities that we there are, you know, problems and challenges for people there with their mental health, and that's awful. It really is. If if I might just speak about some of my own experiences, my um, basically my mental health uh, that I've faced in the past is pretty typical from what I've seen. I um, 
I kind of faced suicidal ideation and I did actually self-harm for a bit and I liked I think that honestly I got off lucky judging by the fact that a lot of people attempt suicide and because it's sort of the the you know they can't see any sort of brighter side because there's so much hostility and struggling with yourself that the community goes through but honestly that's kind of another thing that's really helped me is the fact that before I transitioned, I just felt so sort of alone, but finding the community has really kind of, I feel like I found an even bigger family that I never had before. Yeah. And honestly, I know I'm not there in the room with you. I'm not sat with you, but my heart breaks to hear about the experiences that you've been going through. Thank you. And it was, it was a very kind of difficult and period of my life that was blissful bless it was a blessing that it was quite short but i know people are still suffering to this day and i basically i want to do my best to kind of give people a voice and make the world a better place for them because i know that my decent mental health is something that i can use to help everybody yeah, I, I recognize, you know, we see the stats, we see the figures, but when people share their stories, then we recognize the real impact it's having on people. Yeah, and definitely. And I, I just want to say thank you for being courageous and sharing that with us today. I just want people to know that despite all of the sort of demonization that the the mass media wants to just basically use the trans community to sell newspapers by spreading falsehood. Trans people are just human beings trying to get by in a, what is at the moment a quite cruel world, but the community, you know, the wider LGBT community and friends that I've made along the way, such as yourself and everybody else have helped me to get through some very difficult and dark times, but I can see kind of the bright side of things because because of the community i've got family that i never you know knew i had chosen family and that's one of the things i love about the lgbt community and i know i don't know if you watch rupaul's drag race i have watched it in the past yes i uh, i kind of gone off i've gone off it a bit just because of um in my opinion some of rupaul's views on the trans community are not necessarily the best because you know i don't think he's changed his tact his tack very much in regards to how he views the trans community and until then i do support the the uh competitors on it though because some of them have been truly inspiring yeah i to be honest i haven't seen it in ages either i guess what i loved about that show was that sort of family feel yes you're not on your own and family doesn't mean blood it can no, mean definitely anybody can't it yeah i am um, if i might quote um one of the uh, sort of big icons of the lgbt community which is a quote that i saw on an episode of pose it's by um one of the patriarchs of the one of the famous houses from new york city during the uh the ball culture of the 90s and 80s it's hector extravaganza who said something like um uh, family are those who share all of the good times and the bad times um 
everyone else is, you know, just your blood family. It's I'm paraphrasing it a lot because I can't remember the actual quote, but it's a really good quote to represent how the LGBT community is kind of a family because family can mean much more than those you're related to. It's your chosen family as well. I agree with what you're saying there. Just, I guess, in the wider society then, obviously we've got that lovely family that we link in with, people who are blood-related and not blood-related to us. But I guess in the wider society, do you feel represented as a trans woman? So generally speaking, I would say no. There have been some fantastic kind of um, representatives out there who have, you know, inclusion has been going up and on the up and up since... uh, you know, that, that famous episode, uh, issue of Time with um, Laverne Cox on the cover. And recently we've had Monroe Bergdorf on the cover of Cosmo UK, which is fantastic. Those fantastic examples of representation. But generally, I think there still needs to be more because, for example, you know, there's no sort of MPs or members of the House of Lords or even, for example, in something close to home, there's no senior managers in the NHS senior executives who represent the trans community. And it's places like that that kind of have the ability to decide the fate of our community, which is where we don't have the representation that matters. Um, The whole media seems to be obsessed with the fact that trans women are these like myself are some sort of horrible demons and stuff like that. And they're forgetting the fact that, uh, you know, trans men and tra- the trans mass community is exists and is extremely you know amazing and we also have the non-binary community who um deserve representation who seem to be ignored when it comes to legislation such as you know third gender markers and things like that and can i just say the media i don't think is anybody's friend abby they like to vilify a lot of people they're out of control there's no you know there's no restri- restrictions on them in terms of you know i I agree that free speech needs to be a thing, but in terms of, you know, it shouldn't be just completely without limits because, you know, everything has consequences and you don't have the right to kind of demonize an entire community. No, I absolutely agree. I saw articles a couple of weeks ago where there were, I say there, the media were using lots of negative stories about NHS staff? Oh, yeah, that, honestly, I um, I could go on forever about how, you know, the media just seems to kind of support at one time and then a year later they're painting us all as sort of, you know, yeah, I, I don't have the words that are polite enough for this podcast. <laughs> if only I had a bleep machine, right? Yes, or I'd just be pressing the bleep because it's just easy to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the NHS is an institution which I admire because it treats everybody equally, I mean, in theory, but there's a lot I could say about it. The NHS is a fantastic institution and I'm proud to be a part of it. Yeah, I guess as any institutions and industries, there's there'll always be challenges that remain. Yeah. And I think both of us working in the NHS, of course, we'll have our own experiences, but I recognise a lot more needs to be done around inclusion and diversity yeah i mean i the nhs is a gargantuan organization and nothing is perfect i mean from what i can see you know kind of this universe we live in has some sort of balance and while uh, you know the nhs is great for 
nearly everybody it's it has its negatives and i'm not criticizing as a whole but there are you know like my local trust that i work for has been fantastic when it comes to be supporting myself and advancing inclusion where in things that they just didn't have before i came out which is fantastic but if if i might say the nhs it's not up to scratch when it comes to gender services which even though it represents such a tiny amount compared with a lot of the healthcare that it provides it could be so much better and it wouldn't even take that much and that's a really good point to make because i think it sort of flows on to my next question actually actually abby i was going to ask you being a healthcare professional and being really passionate about rights for LGBTQT plus people, how do you think we can reduce health inequalities for the LGBTQT plus community? So for the community as a whole, some of the things which uh, no doubt yourself are, you're doing as part of your role as uh, an EDI uh, person within the NHS, um, just things like sort of observing, you know, LGBT History Month and things like that, just kind of making these little small steps to kind of recognize the community because, you know, a lot of the, a lot of, of staff in the NHS are members of the community. So they do contribute a lot to, to uh, the NHS as a whole. And also a lot of our service users are LGBT plus, and they deserve kind of to be treated with dignity and respect. So it, it doesn't even have to be huge sort of things it's just kind of like you know showing that some people have different pronouns some people um might want to be referred to with different terminology it's not kind of replacing despite what uh, certain newspapers would tell you it's kind of complementary things to kind of it's like a sort of update for um you know practices and things like that it's not sort of a radical change it's it's not even that difficult really um, but with regards to trans healthcare, the current practices just aren't up to international standard practices. There's there's a lot of gatekeeping, and the system as it is at the moment was not designed for the current workload. And there's just been no attempt to sort of change it over the years. I mean, there's one gender service which I won't name for you know just for an example, that seems to have the most amount of staff of any gender service in the country. And yet their waiting list for first appointment is approaching five years, which is in clear breach of the NHS constitution, which says that you must have referral to treatment times aiming for about, I think it's 12 to 16 weeks. And were it for anything that affected the wider population, there would be sort of scandal and outrage and it would be regarded as criminal in my opinion, but because it seems to be this small population that nobody seems to care about, saying with quotation marks, it just seems to be allowed to be to carry on. And I'm I had to wait probably about four years to get treatment. It's completely not right. There's a lot of places in other countries which use a sort of more um informed consent model when it comes to hormone therapy and things like that and i see no reason why it needs to be so centralized amongst a lot of people who have a lot of power over power to basically make or break people's lives yeah i'm just going to say that i'm 
astonished to hear about the five-year wait and the four-year wait that you've had. Uh, just to say that's five years for a first appointment. That's not even treatment. That's seeing somebody and then possibly waiting many more years for a second appointment. And yeah, it's it's getting worse as well. I think we do need to do something about that. You don't hear that on the news. There's been, I will, you know, kind of put my hand out for sort of, I've heard some very positive things about the new pilot programs that have gone on around the country because they're actually seem to be sort of run in a more sort of a way which is more patient focused than my own experience because, you know, it's all about making the individual life better and it's focused on kind of, it's a whole kind of experience because it cares for mental health as well as physical. Thank you for that. Thank you for your views there. Sorry, I'm just thinking it's given me lots of food for thought what you're saying actually. And I think it'll give lots of listeners some food for thought in what you've been saying as well, Abby. And that's why I think it's so powerful and so important to ensure that we hear from the trans community. We listen, we educate, we engage, and we challenge inappropriate behaviour when we see it. So people understand, recognise. And I think for me, my biggest thing I say all the time is, why can't we just all be kind? That that's all it takes sometimes is just a little bit of kindness and empathy and you know, as I like everybody has their own story to tell and all you have to do is kind of, you know, embrace differences and that's kind of what equality and equity is all about, just kind of being kind to each other because our differences are our strengths. Yeah, and that beauty of that diversity, it's so rich. It's lovely with diversity. You get different perspectives, thinking, new ideas. So, so much to it. It kind of, to bring up an analogy in my head that I just came up with, I think it's a bit like playing Tetris in that you've got all of the different shapes, but they all come together to make a cohesive whole. That's a fabulous analogy. Did you just come up with that? Uh, I just was kind of thinking about different shapes and things like that. No, it's wonderful. It really is. And it sort of brings us on to my last question. And of course, you know, any other thing, anything else you'd like to share, you're more than welcome to. I guess my last question is sort of action focused, because I know you've talked about your experiences and you've shared some of your challenges with us today. But what can we do to improve, to help people learn so we can become a better society? For trans people so honestly as trans people are such a small minority of the uh, of the population it's really kind of giving trans people a voice we're just kind of you know people and we you know we need people to hear what's actually what our experiences are i mean you know you can do things like giving trans people a platform in uh, various different ways you can kind of write to your local MP and raise awareness of the fact that things are going like they are and different things like that, you know, support your trans colleagues um, where if you're a medical professional or something like that and you're working with a trans service user, you know, be supportive, listen to them, hear their story. 
it can be simple as some, you know, take, it can be as simple as kind of doing something like putting your pronouns on your email signatures, little shows of support, or, you know, uh, just to raise something that I forgot earlier, um, a shout out to the people at the NHS Rainbow Badge uh, scheme for the fantastic work they've done, you know, showing a little sign of support to show that you're a safe person that you can speak to. I mean, that it goes with the whole LGBT community that, um, Together we can build a better world for everybody. And some amazing work happening in those spaces, as you've discussed around the rainbow badges and the NHS Pride work that happened obviously this year. Virtually I hear and see, and I've been to one. Hopefully we can do more of that face-to-face this year. Yeah, I'm hoping so too, because um, it, it I've missed kind of doing real life Pride. <laughs> this past couple of years. Um, I, uh, just on a side note, I'm a trustee for um, Sparkle, the national trans charity. It's a thing I do on my spare time. And hopefully this year, uh, Sparkle Weekend should be appearing in person again because it's a wonderful kind of weekend in Manchester and it's free and it's just a wonderful opportunity to kind of showcase the diversity of the community. Thank you for sharing that. Great to hear that you're doing some amazing work as well in your spare time to support trans people and trans community. So yeah, and again, big thank you for joining us today, Abby. Thank you for, ta- for having me. Yeah, no, for taking the time out and sharing those experiences, like I say, which is, I think it'll be really powerful for our listeners to hear. So, and I'm sure this won't be the only podcast I'll be asking you to come on to. I'm sure in the future, I'll be twisting your arm and asking you to come back for a few more times as well. Well, hit me up. I'm always glad to uh, glad to you know help help out wherever. So yeah, you can always follow Abby and see all the fantastic work she's doing. She's on Twitter. Abby, what's your Twitter name? It's uh, it's at Abby Giles twenty one. That's spelled A B I G I L E S twenty one. Fabulous. So give her a follow see the different work that she's doing and support her with all all the interventions and areas she's involved with and my occasional random posts about how i like my new hat and stuff like that (laughs) that's fine we'll we'll happily take fashion advice from you as well abby oh god that's a terrible idea i'm not fashionable (laughs) (laughs) i hope you found this episode really useful i certainly did hearing about abby's experiences What's really important is we take some of those ideas Abby's shared with us so we can go back and make a real difference and embed meaningful actions. Thank you for listening and I hope to see you again here on the podcast very soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Equality Lens. Please remember to hit like, subscribe and leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, stay safe and look after one another. The Equality Lens. Listen. Learn. Be better. Be better. Be better.